and musicians at the Royal Chapel. Episode 4, Grand Motet, quintessentially French. was all the rage, the musical genre par excellence, which echoed through the royal chapel in the latter half of Louis XIV's reign and for a long time afterwards. The king and his court were treated to a motet at every morning mass. A grand motet is a religious musical work and lasts around 15 to 20 minutes. It is performed by solo singers, a choir, and instrumentalists, and is based on texts, usually psalms or biblical songs such as the Magnificat, or hymns such as the Te Deum. The Grand Motet is essentially French. More than a mere musical genre, it is an emblematic evocation of royal majesty in music. In 1883 was a turning point when the Grand Motet secured its position as the most important musical element in the king's daily mass. A contest was held to recruit new music masters for the royal chapel. Their daunting task was to come up with ever more solemn and majestic religious music. The Grand Motet did not, however, arrive out of the blue. It gradually took form in the chapels of the various royal residences of Louis XIV from the music performed there for about 20 years up until 1683 under the direction of Pierre Robert and Henri Dumont. The two decades that preceded the court's move to Versailles represented a period of feverish research and experimentation in the field of music, and indeed, of all the arts, which forged the iconic French style and a strong cultural identity, securing the authority of the Sun King and the prestige of France across Europe during the late 17th century. The first 20 years of Louis XIV's personal reign, from the signing of the peace treaty with Spain and his marriage to the Infanta Marie-Thérèse in 1660, through the numerous military victories in the late 1670s, represent a period of pomp and splendor marked by grand religious ceremonies. Lavish festivities featured music by the ensembles of the King's Chamber, the Royal Chapel, and the Royal Stables, headed by the illustrious and highly influential superintendent, Jean-Baptiste Lully. When all the King's musicians played together, it was Lully who conducted. 
They performed his Te Deum in Fontainebleau in 1677, which made a great impression on both king and court. In 1670, the Marquise de Sévigné and the entire court were moved to tears by Lully's Miserere at the funeral of Henrietta Anne of England, first wife of the king's brother. At its premiere in 1663, this grippingly poignant work, often considered the first consummate French grand beauté, had astonished the court with its modernity and the sight of a large orchestra in a church the famous 24 Violons du Roi, usually only heard in more secular entertainment. The Grand Motet, therefore, owes much to Louis XIV's celebrated musician Jean-Baptiste Lully. Admittedly, he never served as music master at the royal chapel, but still he composed twelve grands motets for special royal occasions whose splendor and grandeur greatly impressed the king. Henri Dumont and Pierre Robert, the two chapel music masters until the 1683 recruitment contest, drew on Lully's music when producing for the king's daily mass. The inextraordinary format gradually slipped into the royal chapel and then became the norm. Dumont and Robert took on the role of programming the motets to be played during the royal mass, although the king was able to make suggestions. He had his favorite motets. Of all the new assistant music masters, the one whose compositions pleased His Majesty most was the illustrious Michel Richard de Lalande. People still remember how he was attending mass one day in the chapel with his children, the princes and the princesses. As soon as he knelt down before this august large gathering, Lalande commenced his fine motet, Beati Omnes Quitimen Dominum. The king, with the words of the psalm before him, was deeply moved and could not hold back his tears. The Grand Motet was an instrument of power, a musical symbol of a devoutly Christian monarch. The halls in Versailles show paintings and sculptures likening Louis XIV to Apollo, god of the sun, or even Jupiter, king of the gods. The royal chapel favors images of the Bible's King David, the great warrior and lover of music. The mythical author of Old Testament Psalms is the ideal image of a monarch by divine right, with a direct and special link to God via his powerful poetry and music. The Grand Motet as music for a new David is thus intrinsically tied to affirming the personal authority of Louis XIV. <laughs> 
It is important to note that Grand Moutet for Holy Mass were exclusively held in the royal chapel. No other cathedral or church in the kingdom usually had sufficient, inordinary, permanent musicians. If this happened to be the case, it was because the king or a member of the royal household was paying a visit accompanied by royal musicians, or else musicians in extraordinary were brought into play. Music to honor God and King required particular ingredients, and Grand Motet had a recipe. First, the text had to be carefully chosen, often psalms in Latin or texts from the Old Testament by King David, unsurprisingly. They were sometimes specially written or composite works. Whatever the case, the allegories and rhetorical effects were combined to exalt the king and his family just as much as God. Apart from the soloists for the recitatives and the instrumentalists, a key ingredient was undoubtedly the distinctly French large choir. The choir's five voices were surely the most distinctive feature of the Grand Motet. To give it even more power and majesty, Louis XIV did not hesitate to increase the size of the permanent chapel choir. 16 chantres and 6 to 8 pages, personally paying for additional singers. Traditionally, choir boys sang the high solo parts which Louis XIV was allegedly not particularly fond of. He preferred to hear castrados, or scandalously at the time, female singers. The king went against tradition and boldly innovated by inviting female singers from the music of the king's chamber to sing solo parts. Some of them achieved great fame, such as Marie Chappe and Marguerite Louise Couperin, cousin of the great François Couperin, one of the royal chapel's four organists. Lalonde's wife and daughters also sang several times in the royal chapel, which created waves of protestation. The king and the more open-minded members of the audience were charmed by their performance, but many, notably clerics, were outraged at seeing women in the royal chapel. They were permitted entry to sing solo parts, but never in the revered main choir. It was obviously up to the king to decide which works performed at the court deserved a place in his music library or could be performed outside the court. Louis XIV cherished his motets. As well as the famous Livre du Roi, the king commissioned or allowed Ballard, the king's sole music publisher, to publish certain motets. 
But from 1690 onwards, it was mainly the job of the copyists in the King's Music Library to preserve the music, producing handsome volumes of compilations of the Royal Chapel's finest works, which have been passed down to us today. By the 18th century, grands motets were increasingly performed in provincial cathedrals. Concert halls and state or private music academies across the kingdom eagerly adopted them. The Concert Spirituel, which was founded in Paris in 1725, featured motets at every performance, composed by the Royal Chapel's music masters, naturally, but also by other talented composers, such as Jean Gilles from Provence. The next episode will focus on one of Louis XIV's favorite musicians, the undisputed master of the Grand Motet, a major French Baroque composer. He was a revelation at the 1683 recruitment contest and succeeded Dully as the king's favorite. His name was Michel Richard de Lalande. Find out more about the Royal Chapel and the key figures in this episode on xpodcast.cmbv.fr. Discover our archives, videos, interviews, and much more. A Centre de Musique Baroque de Versailles podcast in collaboration with the Palace of Versailles. Narrated by Zachary Wilder, written by Suzanne Gervais, scientific expert Thomas Lecomte, and the production team Olivier Guérin, Pierre Monteil, and Philippe Mercher. <laughs> <laughs>